Welcome to another episode of the CJ McCollum Show. It is currently Thursday. We are recording on a Thursday. We'll get into that much later as to why, but we're excited to be recording. And before we start, we just want to recognize um, a member of our NBA family passing away recently, Dahan Milojevic, tragically passed away from a heart attack at the age of 46 a few days ago. And we just want to celebrate him more, his loss, and, and pay respects to him, his family. He was a, he was a father. He was a husband, and uh, he's going to be deeply, deeply missed in our NBA community and beyond. But we just want to appropriately pay our respects. And I know Cassidy, um, you had some stories, and you, you, I'm sure, have come in contact with him um, throughout your career with him being a member of their championship run. If there's anything you wanted to share, yeah, I mean, he was in his third season with the Warriors, and you know, just talking to people as the news kind of broke yesterday. I was in LA. Um, covering the Lakers and Mavericks game. And you could just feel, you know, everybody kind of wondering what was going on as we saw a postponement, the the um, the news that, you know, a member of the Warriors was hospitalized. And then, unfortunately, we saw the news that he passed. And, you know, everybody that I spoke with who knew him just raved about what an amazing guy he was, Um you know, he he coached in Serbia for a while and actually coached a young um, Nikola Jokic before, you know, he came to the United States, obviously, to uh, be, you know, the now two-time MVP with the Nuggets. But, um, you know, he, he was a mentor to Jokic. Um, he also works closely with Boban Marjanovic and, you know, with the Warriors, he work primarily with Kevon Looney, who um, is also the ultimate pro, but, you know, raved about um, his attention to detail. And, you know, we sat down with uh, Luca before the game who, you know, sent out um, a tweet yesterday just saying rest in peace. And he just said he was just an amazing guy Um, and so warm and so knowledgeable and, um, you know, you can definitely feel how, how much the Warriors family is hurting. Um, and we just, we send our respects to, you know, his family, um, the whole NBA family. And um, it's a tough loss and you can certainly feel it across the league. Just changing, you know, uh, it's a hard transition here, but I guess, you know, um, want to, you know, in a, shed some positive light here, CJ, is um, some other news that kind of crossed our timelines was um, you just keep adding things to your impressive resume. Like, what don't you do? Um, you started the uh, McCollum Scholars Program, which is just incredible. Like, I, I don't know how you have time to do this, but... Um, it seems like you're constantly finding ways to help others, um, whether that's as a, you know, a leader on your team, leader of the Players Association, um, you know, a leader of your own your own wine business, and now you're you're teaming up with College Beyond, which is like a New Orleans-based organization dedicated to college access and, and success, and. You're going to be providing financial, socio-emotional, and academic support to low-income high school students in mm-hmm. Orleans Parish. Like, what more can you tell us about this? What what an amazing venture that you're doing in the middle of the season? 
Yeah, thank you. First of all, I don't have enough time to do all of these things. I got a lot of help and people who um, carry the torch, if you will, on lots of ideas that we ideate about. And I mean, I can only do so much and try to play basketball, try to be a father, try to be a husband. So I won't take credit for all of this. This is this is a collaborative effort uh, from my family to Ashley to the Pelicans. Uh, everybody is contributing and figuring out ways to collectively. Uh, collaborate on on these things but it took a lot of work from a lot of different people um years of preparation uh, the concept the idea obviously started with just trying to figure out how we could impact new orleans specifically as a family mm-hmm. um, what can we do to kind of give back and show our appreciation for this city for the people of this city and just kind of looking at different areas uh, specifically for this market obviously food insecurities obviously juvenile justice system is something that we see that the crime rate is high Education is a big part of my family. Uh, with my wife being a doctor, with me having a degree, uh, the amount of years of school she went through, the amount of years of school I went through, and the fact that I was fortunate enough to get a scholarship and be able to go play basketball um, in college and not have to worry about the finances behind it. My wife had to take out a lot of loans. And the process of understanding that and then understanding that the average person can't afford college, I and mean, when you look at the city that we live in specifically and how we can impact it, um, it was an area we made a, a focus immediately. And um, in terms of steps that were taken, uh, actually for my agency, you know, handles all my off-court stuff. And um, she was a rock star and kind of figuring out you know, who, to, who to collaborate with, who to partner with. And, and we just kind of took it um, from there. And we were thankful uh, to be able to partner with uh, College Beyond, an organization that kind of helps uh, helps you maneuver through these types of situations and has been in business now, I believe, six years, but they've been a phenomenal partner. The Pelicans have been a phenomenal partner. And, um, for me, it's just about giving back. It's about figuring out ways to help people, uh, figuring out ways to put people in a position where they can succeed. I know where I come from. Um, it's either, you know, get really good grades or get a scholarship, um, playing a sport. You know, we didn't really have a lot of different opportunities to, to financially be able to, uh, cover tuition or just things that we like to do in general. And I always say a lot of times we're in position to do what we have to do and not what we want to do. And I wanted to be able to position some people to do what they want to do um, and be able to make decisions based on um, their interests, their goals and their aspirations and not be you know kind of boxed in. So we're excited to be able to sponsor 10 kids. Um, the process has started. Uh, we actually have a press conference on January 22nd. And I think the cool thing about this program is just, What's happening on the 22nd? Are you going to announce just the winners a, or are you? No, like- no, no, no. This is just the press conference to kind of answer some questions and kind of go through okay. um, the steps, the process that we went through, and then kind of what the application process will consist of. Um, the deadline to register is February 23rd, so there's still plenty of time left, and I'll post the link again, and we'll have a link sent out. But just in terms of the eligibility criteria, uh, Applicants must currently attend a high school in Orleans Parish or reside in Orleans Parish, uh, which is important. We want to really focus on New Orleans specifically. Um, there's also a financial need kind of attached to it. So priority will be given to students whose household income falls below 200 percent of the poverty line, as well as those who qualify for government assistance programs such as SNAP, housing subsidies, disability and or free or reduced lunch. I was a kid who grew up on free or reduced lunch. So there's a lot of synergies here in some of the things that we're doing. We're striving for kids who, you know, are among academic excellence. So applicants who demonstrate a strong academic track record with a minimum GPA of 3.0. So there are requirements, obviously, leadership and community engagement. Students should exhibit a robust history of leadership roles, whether that's student council or participating in community community engagement activities. So we're, we're kind of 
we're trying to position it so that we're targeting the right audience of kids, but also positioning them to succeed going forward. And there's an application process that you obviously submit letter of recommendation, high school transcript, ACT, SAT score, and proof of financial needs so that we kind of make sure that we are handling this properly. But in terms of the deadline, I'll read the deadline. Um, deadlines. January 15th, we announced it, which was Martin Luther King Day. Mm-hmm. Application deadline is February 23rd. Semi-finalists selected um, between March 4th and March 15th, where we'll conduct phone interviews. Uh, finalists will be selected during in-person interviews, March 25th to the 29th, and then the scholars will be selected April 5th. And I'll be a part of the process on and off. My wife uh, will be a part of the interview process. Ashley will be a part of the interview process because obviously I'm playing games, but we'll have a lot of collaborative efforts in which we interact with the kids. We do dinners and we do all those different types of things. But um, to start, we're just excited about being able to to really position these kids to succeed. And I think the cool part is um, as a guy who went to college, you understand what was helpful for you. Mm-hmm. And what you wish you had. And one of the things I wish I had was mentors early on. So we want to make sure we're providing one-on-one training with mentors. We want to make sure that we're not only just providing financial support, but uh, helping you with statement writing, helping you with college tours, helping you with resume reviews, helping you with the application process, I think is extremely important. And then I think the the last thing that I, I'm really, really excited about is the career advising support that we'll give on the way out resume writing, interview prep, and internship placement. Um, this was something that I specifically talked to Ashley about. I specifically talked to um, some other people who had to transition from college to trying to find a job. And a lot of times what we see now is people qualifying for internships, externships, and not financially being able to either get there or not being able to survive in another city. So we want to make sure that we're able to help with the onboarding process. And as a person who is is fortunate enough to have a lot of mentors now. I mean, I wish I could have some of the conversations that I'm having now when I was hmm. in college trying to figure it out as a kid in the middle of nowhere at Lehigh. So that's part of really your excited. journey though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't it doesn't hurt to have a little bit of mm-hmm. extra help and insight from someone who's been oh, yeah. in your shoes before. So I'm I'm extremely excited and once again it's a, cl- a collaborative reason effort. why you're now giving back the way that you are. And I know you're being modest and saying, you know, it's not just you, but you putting all these people in place and surrounding yourself with people who have this, you know, shared goal to give back and help is, you know, is, is, is all part of, you know, your, your journey and where you are in, in your life and, um, in your overall success. So serious kudos to you. What an amazing, amazing thing that you're doing. And um, I can't wait to see it, you know, evolve and um, it pay off for a lot of these kids. You're, you're going to make a huge difference in their lives. You already are for a lot of, you know, Pelicans fans, but it's going deeper there in that New Orleans community. And I, I know that uh, they're all appreciative of you there. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you are into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. 
Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. That's awesome. Please keep us updated on it on the CJ McCollum show as we go on through the season. And you said you're going to post the link again. And you're just, I mean, you're settling in there so nicely in New Orleans. It's like, I feel like just yesterday you were with the Blazers, but also it feels like so long ago when you think about just, you know, your midseason trade. And we're in that time of year again. Uh, and, you know, one of the biggest trades we were, uh, waiting on for the, for this uh, trade deadline season was Pascal Siakam, and he got moved um, going to or with the Indiana Pacers um, in exchange for Bruce Brown, um, Jordan Nora, and two 2024 first round picks and one 2026 conditional first. Um, Kyra Lewis you know, was sent over to Toronto um, as part of like a third third team in the deal uh first let's let's talk about Kyra like um do you have like a story on him you know it's always tough losing someone from the roster it was I think he had like you know a lot of potential young had some spurts but you know it's been um from the outside looking in just couldn't really gain a lot of uh, traction there in New Orleans yeah Kyra's a really good kid I think this will be a good opportunity for him to get a, a, a fresh start, a change of scenery, but just a, a little bit about him. And we talk about a guy who's one of the fastest players that ever been around, extremely hard worker, yeah. recovering from an ACL and still one of the fastest players I've ever been around and just a genuinely good soul who everybody enjoyed interacting with. Um, uh, I would go to the gym at night. I was doing two a days and then I, I shifted to three a days and I would take my son and my wife and I, we would go to the gym for one of those three workouts a day. And I would catch him in the facility during at least two of those workouts uh, very often. And one time, one of those times I ended up going at like, it was like 11 p.m. I put my son down, he was asleep. And I looked at my wife and I was like, I'm gonna leave some shots up um, tonight and maybe get a little lift in because my PT was in town. So we went to the gym and there was a car there. And I was like, whose car is here? And we have parking spots, obviously. So the older you are, the closer you are to the door. And I'm the oldest on the team, so I'm right by the door. So there was somebody like close to me and I didn't recognize the vehicle because normally it's the oldest players on the team. GT was next to me and then I don't know who it was. Maybe it was B.I. and Hernan Gomez because they were like seven years into the league. And it was a car I didn't recognize. And I get into the gym and it's Kyra and he's shooting on the gun um, at 11 p.m. And I think that just kind of shows you the work ethic, the dedication, the understanding of it. And I said, to him, I said, like, keep that work ethic. This is before the season started. I said, everybody wants to be great, but everybody doesn't want to put the time in. And 
you know, this is my 11th year in the league and I'm still coming at 11 p.m. And you're obviously early in your career, but you, you're establishing the right type of work ethic. And this is the stuff that no one sees that is going to pay off for you a lot down the road. And I think that's just a testament to him. You know, always in the gym. I would double back and he would be there. And I was just like, that's that's what you love to see as somebody who's been in the league for a long time is someone who may be in the rotation, maybe out of it, but is still working the same way. And throughout this season, he was out of the rotation. He's still the first one in the gym. He's working out before his PD time. And PD time is player development. We all have our slots. He would work out at 9 or 9.30 and then his PD time would be at 10.30. So he'd get a workout in before the workout, um, which kind of shows you his mindset and understanding mm-hmm. of what he wanted to accomplish but I, I just i wish him the best and i'm sure he'll be great and ironically he's back in in toronto with gt so uh it's going to be cool to see them uh, kind of rekindle yeah for sure i mean it's um interesting you know a lot of a lot of guys now in in toronto looking to kind of take off um mm-hmm. same thing with the trade with quickly and rj barrett you know wanting to kind of find their their groove. Let's uh, revisit just just how this big trade impacts, obviously, the Pacers. Um, what do you think about the fit uh, for Siakam? I mean, their offense was already efficient. Uh, how, how do you think yeah. he's going to fit with them? Yeah, I think he fits like a glove, and I have a lot of appreciation for, for Bruce Brown's game, his Ability to, to guard, obviously, one through four, one through five. He can initiate the offense, plays a great role. But Siakam is a, a different beast. Uh, this is a three-level score guy who's over 70% at the rim, efficient from mid-range, can catch and shoot threes, and obviously gives them another dynamic in terms of being able to hunt matchups and find isolation opportunities. And you pair him alongside Holly, they're going to be really, really good. And looking at Carlisle, the way their offense is ran right now, it's fast-paced, it's – Lots of screens, ball screens. They run ISOs. Um, they have some flare screen actions, similar to what we ran in Portland with Terry, but maybe more so on steroids because of the pace between what the game was like then and what it's like now 10 years yeah. later. They are going to be a handful to, to deal with in the Eastern Conference. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what that looks like uh, for them as a team and what type of potential matchups we may get in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, they're, yeah, they, they're, they're not, I mean, they, they were in the in-season tournament finals and they're, you know, towards the top of the East and they made that big, they made that big move. I don't, I, I could see, you know, Bruce uh, being moved at some point. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's in for the long run in Toronto. Um, but speaking of, you know, Toronto, I mean, there were trade rumors about the Raptors, um, veterans of you know pascal og fred van vliet mm-hmm. last year um but you know with the moves that they made this year like what what do you think the direction of the team is going to be for them i mean i know they obviously picked up rj quick um it, it's hard, you know, like yeah. I know Masai, Masai was very close with Pascal. You saw he got emotional talking about the trade. Um, but I think they all kind of knew it was time to move on. I mean, I think the first domino was, was Nick nurse leaving mm-hmm. um, last year. So, you know, what, what do you think of, of the Raptors and what their future holds? I think Masai knows what he's doing. Obviously he's one of the best uh 
I call them managers of teams throughout the NBA because obviously he's he's handling roster, he's handling personnel, he's handling acquisitions and trades. Um, he knows what he's doing, and he's collecting a lot of different assets for them to be able to make a decision on how to move forward. Obviously, moving OG, moving Pascal, they were able to get RJ Barrett, a Canadian, yes. um, who is extremely um, eager to kind of prove people wrong coming out of New York and being so young but so talented. Um, you get quickly who was due for a big payday and now can be, you know, your guard of the future, a guy who can score, can run pick and roll, play an ISO. And you get a lot of different assets along with that that you can move, whether that's first round picks, second round picks, pick swaps. So they have flexibility to still compete for a, a spot in the playoffs, whether that's play-in or otherwise. And they still have draft assets to be able to go get another player or just draft well. And right. that positions you very well in a league where there's a lot of talent coming, um, whether that's from this upcoming draft or the draft everybody hopes to be a part of with the kid that's going to Duke right now and seems to be very, very good. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Well, also, if you, um, you know, ask Darko Rayakovic, Scotty Barnes is the face of, face of the NBA, future face of the NBA. So... A lot of, uh, did you hear that? Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, Scotty's, Scotty's great. He certainly has, uh, they, like, they didn't want to let go of him. He, he's the anchor they wanted to hold on to. Um, mm-hmm. we'll see. I mean, I'm, I, you know, I'm happy for RJ being back. I'm, I'm happy for, for quick to kind of get some more, um, run because it was pretty inconsistent, uh, 
in terms of getting a real flow in, in New York. So, um, we will see, we'll see what happens with the Raptors. But, uh, speaking of Darko Ryakovich, he had, he had, <laughs> he's been getting a lot of play with his post game, uh, comments. And, you know, he went on that. I like him a lot. You like I him? I like him a lot. Yeah, I do. I've heard great <laughs> things about him. GT yeah. was telling me stories about him. Yeah. Strong personality, very blunt. Clearly. Uh, love, love him. Love him. Clearly. Don't know him, but love him. Don't know him at all. <laughs> Because <laughs> him and Mike Brown, they 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 they're on some they're on some comedy. Maybe Darko not wasn't you know um, trying to be funny, but mm-hmm. um, you know he was upset after a twenty three to two fourth quarter free throw split um, in right. the fourth quarter against the Lakers, and then Mike Brown got ejected after running you know onto the court and then yelling at a ref against the Bucks and then brought out the laptop, <laughs> um, which is definitely a meme. <laughs> and then, yeah. uh, um. See, I always like, I don't, you know, I'm going to ask you this and understanding what you, what you could say, um, mm-hmm. as president of the players association, but like, what do you think, uh, of how much coaches are voicing their opinions on refs, uh, this, this season and, mm-hmm. um, you know, how have you felt about the officiating? Cause I know officiating complaints is also like as a part of the fabric of the game as much as. Any sport, but I, I said it like early on in our podcast. It just feels a little different this year. I think twofold. I, I can understand the discontentment from coaches, if that's even a word, from coaches. I was, about to, I was thinking about it. I'm like, I gotta look that up. Discontentment. See, this, this is, it's late. Okay. You got. What are you saying? These two late, these two thirty somethings up here, <laughs> post put word? down. Wait, discontentment. It's a word, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Yes, it's a word. There we go. I didn't have to make one up this time, but I can understand <laughs> um, their frustration because it's a competitive game. It's impossible for them to get every call right, and it's impossible for you not to feel slighted as a player because. In your mind, you're getting fouled more often than you are. In your mind, things are never going your way. So I can understand that. But I think, and I had this conversation today with the competition committee and, you know, just understanding the rules and making sure we're all on the same page with the actual rule and the way the rule is being officiated. Because sometimes there's blurred lines between that and you have certain referees who enforce the rule one way. And certain referees will enforce the rule another way. So then that's where you get the the gray lines and you get players saying, well, like last night, that wasn't a foul tonight. It's a foul. Or last night, that was a foul tonight. It's not a foul. Like, why is, why is there a difference? Um, but I think the conversations can be more productive for our game, sometimes in private, like being able to talk to the referees, being able to have a referee meeting where you're watching the film, you're breaking it down. This is what I see. Tell me what you see. And I think we're in the process of doing more of those types of things, which I think will be helpful. But in terms of Mike Brown and um, Darko just kind of expressing, you know, their feelings, I think you have a right to your own opinion. You have a right to express things in the way that you see fit. Yeah. And, and it, you get in front of a microphone post game and it's yeah. emotional. It's going to happen. And I think they both went, it, went about it in different ways. Mike brought out the laptop and I thought that was you know, pretty funny because I was really watching the clip to kind of see like, like, let me see what he's talking about here. And I think that kind of painted. I mean, he got hit with a $50,000 fine. Darko, I think was 25. 
Yeah, and I think in in my so the last so the props cost him an extra twenty five. I think it was the props and the ejection. He got ejected. Oh, okay, Did, didn't didn't leave the court in a timely manner. I think that in the rule book it says like upstaging or showing up the referees. Um, I think he 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 checked all the boxes um, in terms of <laughs> what what you can be penalized for okay. uh, under 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 these settings and circumstances, but. I think you have a right to do things the way you see fit. What I would like to see happen is more dialogue between players and refs and more respect from both parties. We got to respect the referees more as players because we'd be snapping on them. And I think they got to like meet us halfway and understand that like we got a lot on the line every night. Like when yeah. I shoot a three and somebody comes under me and I twist my ankle and there's no foul call and I still got to rehab two weeks later, like, of course I'm going to be upset about that. And I'm going to scream on you. So it's like you got to understand the moment. And then as players, we also got to understand that, like, look, these refs aren't perfect. They're going to make mistakes. And we also aren't being wronged as much as we think we're being wronged. I think that's yeah. something that we got to come to grips with. Come to terms but with I sure. don't know. I mean, do you think you guys have the capacity to do that when you're when you're competing at the highest level? Not always, but I think there's a maturity that has to kick in from older players and older referees, right? Like you yes. have more experience. But that's it. Than I think I think we're seeing like training of younger referees, you know, like there's been a transition a bit. Um, right. And that happens though. Like you on, only can get better from learning from your mistakes as I would think specifically as a, as a ref, because you're, right. it's all, it's, it's basically your, how present and your instincts and your, your, how your complete understanding of the game. Right. But, you know, I Just think some players not. find it to be, you know, if there's biases playing, like, I think that's sometimes, you know, what, what kind of sends some players, like, are you, like, how much are you impacting this game and for what reason? And just, and I'm saying that purely from like a preparation, mental state, no other kind of way. Right. No, I, I completely agree. I think you just hope that it's not at your expense. Yeah. Right? Like it's a learning experiment and a lesson for everybody. Physicality of the game, the way it's being played now, all those things are different. Players are younger and younger, which means more mistakes are going to be made. Referees are newer and newer, which means some mistakes are going to be made. So we just got to yeah. meet each other halfway. And I think we are doing that. I shot two free throws last game. Um, I'd like to shoot four next game. <laughs> right. Yo, you guys have been playing well, though. I know you had that rough, uh, um, you know, back-to-back with the Mavs, even, you know, with basically uh, after you beat beat them with mm-hmm. you, with you Zion, B.I., and Trey um, out, you know, you guys lost with all of your stars in. But <laughs> I was at your game against the Warriors – Mm-hmm. Um, and also the game before that, the Kings, and I said this in my post game with Zion, he didn't like it, but I had to bring it up that you back to back games because of how insane your offense has been, uh, had the home crowd booing their team. <laughs> and I, I brought that up and Zion was like, no, 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 no. We just want to win. But how good does it feel? To like blow out a team on the road, and you guys were, yeah. you guys were been killing it on the road. Yeah, we're playing we're playing really well on the road right now. And um, outside of that Dallas loss, where I think we should have had, 
Uh, I think we're executing, we're shooting more threes. Rotation is becoming more consistent with our health being more consistent. We're having really good quality practices, working on the right schemes. And defensively, we've been great. Offensively, we've been the best team in the NBA the last 10 games. Uh, The last, I don't know, 20 games, we're uh, top four in in defense and, and top 10 in offense. This season, we're, you know, top five or six. I think we're fifth or sixth in defense. Um, we were 11th in, in offense going into this road trip. Net rating is top five. Like, we're in a really good spot. Um, yeah. It's just about continuing to stack great days, staying healthy, and doing the, doing the little things it, it takes to, to be successful throughout an 82-game season. I also did a uh, end-of-first-quarter interview with um, CJ where I forgot a word. But, you know, the, the Virgo perfectionist in me was like, oh, my God. What <laughs> word did you forget? I forgot. So uh, you guys scored, I think, 42 points in the first quarter of that Warriors game. I mean, mm-hmm. it was like it was over before it even started. And I, and I like go up to you and I don't know why I was, I'm why I was nervous. I was talking to you. Um, but you know, I like, I wanted to make sure it was good. And I'm like, Oh, and I said, Oh, um, I, something along the lines of that, you guys just put up a 42 quarter. I forgot to say point. So I say, (laughs) no one noticed, but you, you're the only one that noticed, (laughs) you know, then you know, the language I'm speaking though. I do, but I'm also just coming out of the game. I'm sweating. I'm tired. I'm breathing hard. I'm trying. I'm glad you didn't notice because I'm like, oh, he's like, why is she? This is this is my brain. This is the problem. Like I pick apart like me, you know. You're fine. No messing up a word or only you know the word. I know. I'm. It's just a torture in my own head. Um, But maybe that's that's what's helped me get to this point. Just complete. In utter torture. Um, well, look, I yeah, I, I enjoyed watching you. You were having a great time that game. Um, the game is supposed to be fun. Life is hard. <laughs> There's a lot of things in life that are very, very difficult. This is supposed to be fun. Yes. So I try to make it as fun as possible. It's a nice escape from the reality that we all lead that is very right. difficult. This is like two hours of fun and I get paid for it. So it's like a bonus. Um, so for those who have stuck with us the whole way here. You mentioned uh, like a tease uh, as to why we're recording this at close to mm-hmm. nine o'clock. Um, it's my fault. Uh, the weather and travel yeah, has been crazy. It's the weather's fault. It's the weather's fault. It has been crazy. Uh, we were supposed to record on Tuesday um, and then, you know, delays. Um, anyone who's been traveling lately knows mm-hmm. knows my pain. But if you're also like listening to this and you know, your eyes are starting to get heavy because <laughs> we're, we're very, we're, we're like monotone because we're both tired. <laughs> this is, this is, this, these are the yeah. two parents right now, post put down. We both just kind of want a glass of wine and be sitting on the couch. But if I'm going to do anything other than that, it'd be talking basketball with you, CJ. I wouldn't be doing anything else besides <laughs> this. And I'm, I'm thankful we were able to figure out the schedule. And, yes. Uh, I hope you have better travel mercy in the future. We were delayed two and a half hours. Oh, um, your travel was horrendous. Um, yeah, it was brutal. It was brutal. We had a we had a rough 11-day, 10-day trip. And then to get stuck on the tarmac for two hours and 45 minutes was brutal. was brutal. Can you put, since it's like your plane, are you allowed to like – lay your 
your um, seat down? Or it's do you not, have to like put all your stuff away and put your seat right up, like no, the no, you know, like us Gen Pop people? No, you can do whatever you want, right? So you're like, yeah, if I got, you're waiting I got my on the delays, you me. can go to bed. Yeah, I got my bag underneath me, but it's not a lay down plane. It's a nice plane. It's very large, but you go like three fourths recline. I think it's like three fourths. It's like that awkward spot where you're like, do I go all the way back or do I just stay like stiff back? Because it's like here, but it, it doesn't go. It's not the pods where you can lay down all the way. But I used to lay on the floor in Portland when we have those long trips. I go to the exit row, put a blanket down, and sleep on the floor. Like, but like, how comfortable is like JV? Um, he just he just sits at the table that has the four chairs facing each other, and there's a table in the middle because he plays cards. So he he's plays probably, cards instead of sleeps. Like, yeah, half the one, two, three, four, five guys play cards instead of sleep every. Trip. Unless they're extremely exhausted, you'll see them go to sleep. But they normally play every trip. What game? What is it? Boo? Boo-ray? No, I, Boo I ask. I don't even. I've, I've heard of it. I've been hearing boos. Boo-ray. Oh. Do you know how to play? Clearly not. No. They say that it's easy and I say I don't want to learn. <laughs> <laughs> Similar to spades, I'm guessing, but I have no idea. No idea. I'll play a good game of Go Fish. At like domino spades uno i don't know uno uno are you good at spades i'm not bad have you ever played in uh d wade spades tournament during all-star i never make it i never make it okay i never make it to it there's always there's always indie no maybe (laughs) okay maybe I think we've uh, I think we've reached that point. We've made it this far, and I think made it's it. I think it's time to say goodnight. Um, it's always a pleasure. We'll see. We'll talk next. We'll talk next week um, about exciting weekend of basketball. Can't wait! I'm looking forward to it. Who do you have off. next? I we got the Suns on Friday, and then we're off Saturday, Sunday, Monday. No game because we played so many games. We get three days off in a row. Though. What are you gonna do? Are you gonna watch football? I want to watch football. I'm going to clean my room, clean my uh, office. Do you actually do the cleaning? No, not always. But like my (laughs) office, yes. Like I got to go through papers. I got to shred some stuff. Like that's a that's a different type of cleaning. Not like not like so important standard cleaning. No, no, not even like that. Like I got certain documents I got to get rid of. Yeah, just different types of good problems to have. I would say. Um, I'm gonna be a good company gal, and I'm gonna go to Dizzy on Ice. Wow, good for you! I, I'm interested in hearing about that when my daughter gets a little older. I'll, I'll have to check it out. I've already been three times, so I'll, I oh. can already tell you. Well, go yeah. me in. I will. Yeah, I just keep on. They, I, they give me money, and I give it back to them. That's how oh. this works. It's the cycle of life. <laughs> okay. Bye.